1: This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC.
2: Sex, drugs, money, and murder. A case of greed on an international scale. I'm CNBC special correspondent Jane Wells.
0: And I'm Chuck Schaefer, executive producer of the CNBC original series, American Greed. On this podcast special, The Promescent Affair.
2: The drug promises to be a game changer in the bedroom for millions, but after its discovery comes money and a murder.
0: And a David versus Goliath battle ensues over its billion dollar secret to great sex. This is the American Greed Podcast. Welcome everybody to the latest American Greed Podcast special, The Promescent Affair. Promescent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I am joined by CNBC special correspondent Jane Wells. Hello. And Jane, what's promescent?
2: Okay, it's, uh, if you're in the car, you can't see it. It is this. It's a little bottle that uh, has, I don't know, a couple fluid ounces in it. It's a spray that men spray on their private parts for um, a condition known as premature ejaculation, or PE.
0: So we're talking about putting this tiny bit of spray spray on
2: your on a man's private parts
0: on an erect penis
2: no uh, uh yes exactly it's the opposite of viagra mm. so pe uh is the opposite of ed ed mm-hmm. is when you can't get the party started pe is when the party's over before you even get going
0: did we mention this is for adults
2: <laughs> yes um th- we're going to have a lot of bedroom talk Very good. a lot of um private part
0: talk okay yeah everybody in the car
2: yeah, so now you've been warned. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, it's a it's considered a far more widespread problem than people think. It could potentially be a very, very large market. And there's also not just men who suffer from PE, but men who might just want to extend their performance time. Because historically there is a gap between arousal between a man and a woman and, and orgasm. And this is supposed to help close the gap.
0: And uh, I think I read 64%...
2: Yes, uh, Promescent makes the claim that it can extend a man's performance up to 64% longer. So if you're two minutes, you know, now you're like three minutes and 20 seconds, uh, that, that sort of thing. There have been many products on the market for years that uh, sprays. This is a lidocaine based spray uh, that have been on the market, Stud 100 and a couple other things. What is unique about Promescent and why it's the number one seller on Amazon is it has a patented, protected absorption formula where it is absorbed by the man to desensitize him to extend performance without be impacting his partner. So whoever he's having uh, sexual relations with will not be affected by this.
0: Will not feel numbed. Correct, Okay. correct. Without getting too personal, what got you involved in the story?
2: Well, in uh, 2013, in October 2013, the story came across. I don't even remember how it came across, but this sort of campaign for this new sex drug, it was a big splash and um, and I thought it would be a, a an interesting, Um, Story to do just because I'm always looking for weird stories, and then I found the backstory about its creator, which was pretty fascinating as well. 2009 is when it went to market. Uh, Dr. Ron Gilbert was the urologist in Orange County, California, who he had seen many patients come in for years saying that they suffered from PE and either current products didn't work, sometimes people prescribed antidepressants and you didn't want to be on a medication and he thought if he could create an effective over-the-counter inexpensive accessible way Mm -hmm. this could market could be huge i mean ed viagra was already a billion dollar drug and why why couldn't this be again not just for men suffering from pe but men who wanted to extend performance
0: Mm -hmm. we called it a billion dollar secret to great sex
2: exactly
0: so the market is there
2: Right. Even if you don't have P.E., I bet men and women out there know that there is a gap between when he's happy and when she's happy, Mm -hmm. usually. And this was to sort of close that gap.
0: Okay. So he was, he developed it. How did it really come to market? How did it get in the bottle?
2: Well, uh, so Dr. Ron Gilbert worked and worked for years. Very popular, successful urologist in Orange County, creating it, spending money. And then in 2009, he launched it with a company called Absorption Pharmaceuticals and tried to, you know, he wasn't a businessman. Mm-hmm. And so he came out actually in 2010 with a YouTube video where he's in it explaining what the drug does and it's got some kind of sort of cheesy, like who's the man, I'm the man mm-hmm. sort of ad campaign. Who's the man? I'm the man. Introducing Permeset, a safe and easy to use topical spray that helps you temporarily slow the onset of ejaculation. Who's the man?
0: I'm the man. My name is Dr. Ronald Gilbert, and I'm here to introduce Promescent.
2: And then around 2011, he brought in his very good friend, um, uh, Jeff Abraham, who was his patient. They had become friends. And Jeff was a retired executive, and he said, you know, will you come on board and help me really scale this company? So Jeff came on as CEO Mm -hmm. in 2011 to try and scale the drug. So
0: he was the businessman who would bring this to market? Absolutely. Okay. And how did that work out?
2: The goal was to build it and prove proof of concept and then sell it to a huge conglomerate who could then scale it like Viagra.
0: Okay. And things were working out well, um, but how? where's Dr. Gilbert today?
2: Dr. Gilbert is dead. He was murdered in cold blood, shot 10 times on January 28th, 2013, as he opened the door to an exam room. Dr. Gilbert, Had been married for 24 years to Elizabeth Gilbert, and they had two sons. And that morning, she was in New York for her, they had a son in New York, and she went to a friend's wedding. And they had spoken on the phone that morning, and they were just, he was driving to work, uh, and they were kind of at a place where life is good. Mm -hmm. That afternoon, she said she did something she always loves to do, and she told us about this. She always liked to walk down Madison Avenue when she was in New York and it was a cold, windy day.
0: All of a sudden, I felt like my, my soul was leaving my body. I was so... I cannot describe it. It was just so bizarre, so different than anything. I couldn't even walk. It was like, literally, I, I had to make such effort to, 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 to take a step. So I got back to the apartment, I laid in bed, and I just, I don't... Something was missing in, in me. You know, like, seriously, my soul was not there. And, uh, and I... I was getting all these phone calls and I couldn't answer. I didn't have the strength to answer the phone. And then the partner called and then I realized something's happening. So I pick up the phone, I answer him and um, he just said, you know, the patient came in
2: Later, she returned the phone calls and found out that at the moment she could no longer walk was the moment her husband was murdered.
0: Wow. What a connection.
2: Yes. And yeah. she was devastated. Then flying back. Mm-hmm. She didn't know who, who would kill. He was the head of the synagogue. Yeah. He was head of his department at the hospital. He didn't seem to have an enemy in the world. Uh, this just. She couldn't understand
0: it. hmm. Why would somebody want to kill him? Was it over this? Was it over...
2: This, this is the weirdest story, and this is one of the weirdest parts of this whole saga. Dr. Gilbert was killed by then a 75-year-old man named Stanwood Elkis, who 21 years earlier had a botched prostate surgery at the VA where Dr. Gilbert worked at the time. Ron Gilbert did not do the surgery. But the surgery did not go well, and Stanwood Elkis for years said he was incontinent, uh, he couldn't have sexual relations with women, uh, and that he discovered later that he actually didn't need the surgery. And he blamed Gilbert for this and held this grudge that grew for 21 years, who knows why, mm-hmm. even though Dr. Gilbert was, the man, was not the man who conducted the no. surgery. And so... Leading up to January 28, 2013, he got his will in order. He started to make arrangements. He was telling people, neighbors, they might not see him anymore. And he made an appointment to see Dr. Gilbert at his office that day Mm -hmm. uh, under an assumed name. Alan Gold was the name. And he goes up to the receptionist, and she asks for his ID, and he says, oh, I left it in my car. He goes into the exam room. He had purchased a weapon, a Glock, earlier, Mm -hmm. the month before. And as soon as Gilbert opens the door, he just shoots him in cold blood. He tells, according to police and prosecutors, he tells uh, the office staff who hear these shots, call the police, I'm insane, hands them his weapon. The police arrive and Gilbert died right there Mm -hmm. in the hallway.
0: So he shot this man. He went to trial. What was his defense?
2: That he was insane. Uh, that he had was taking antidepressants, his meds were off, and he was his uh, mental capacity was increasingly diminished, uh, and that he lost his mind. But the fact that he had bought the well, weapon— Well,
0: how did—that's uh, what I'm going to ask you. How did the uh, prosecution— Knock that theory down. They
2: showed that he had been planning this for months, if not longer, and uh, that he had put his affairs in order. That he had gone and bought this weapon. That he had apparently been researching a driving, and inst- you know, he lived not near the doctor's office. How to get to the doctor's office?
0: Fifty miles or something like yeah. that away. Yeah, and
2: yeah, and so they, the jury believed that he that this was not an, the act of an insane man, but that someone who would with a sound mind had planned this for a long
0: time. Mm-hmm. And to make things even a little more poignant about the company, about the friendship, um, Jeff Jeff sent a text to Dr. Gilbert that morning.
2: Yeah, another um, sad twist. That very morning, uh, that very morning, Jeff Abraham texted Ron Gilbert. They'd had an offer come in. Again, they wanted to sell this company.
1: He had sent me a text message uh, 43 minutes before he was murdered, and said, "Hey." thank you very much. You know, we got that offer, you know, the things are going well and the future's really bright. And I, I sent, I texted him back and I said, fasten your seatbelt, the ride's just getting started. And to have, to go from that euphoria to him literally being dead 46 minutes later, it's hard to grasp.
0: So, I hate to say after murder, moving on, but It's a company, moving on.
2: Well, this was a big deal for Jeff. Uh, What does he do? You know, the the company, the product was Ron's dream. And just, he's devastated as well. Here's his good friend. And he thinks, what do we do with this company? Mm
1: -hmm. So I thought, if I stayed and made this successful, it would do two things. It would give him a legacy, which I thought he deserved. And it also would provide for Ellie and the boys.
0: Right then, sales were like one point five. Yeah, one
1: and
2: a half million for that year. So mm-hmm. they were, they, but they were they were scrappy guys who were like making a website and trying to sell and get this thing going yeah. to show that it proof of concept. So he debated whether or not to just throw in the towel and move on, but then Jeff Abraham said that every time he would Google his friend. It would come up, Dr. Killed by Crazy Guy. Yeah. And he told me, I don't want that to be his legacy. And he also wanted to provide money for the family. So he decided to pursue this, and we'll get back to that later. Mm-hmm.
0: The wife and two kids.
2: The wife, the widow, and two kids right. at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who were in, you know, they're in their prime. There was no way that they should have yeah. something like this happen to him. So he decided to go ahead and continue with the company, try to scale it, and try to sell it so that they could all walk away. There were also about a dozen or plus other investors that had put in money so that they could all walk away into the sunset. Mm -hmm. And have left uh, Dr. Gilbert a legacy, including on their webpage was a part dedicated to him and what kind of person he was to try to counter all this Dr. Killed by Crazy Guy headline mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this is when I found out about the company. Mm-hmm. So Ron Gilbert is murdered in January. In October 2013, so, you know, nine months later, mm-hmm. uh, I get wind of this story and I do a story for CNBC where I talk about move over Viagra. There's a new sex drug mm-hmm. in town. At that point, they were doing one and a half million dollars in mm-hmm. sales. And, and you know, there were Jimmy Kimmel was joking about these products and all this kind of momentum was growing for Mm -hmm. it and that's when i first spoke to jeff abraham jeff is an unusual man he's now 61 he has the energy of an 18 year old he suffers from lupus and diabetes Mm he he's he's a a a blue-collar guy from pittsburgh who's still got that street fighter in him Mm -hmm who moved to California in the 80s because he wanted to go to California. He'd never been outside this sort of area where he grew up.
0: Yeah, the and, Three Rivers.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and started a tech company. Um, and it had always been just kind of this striver, he's a fighter, and he's so full of passion, and this drug is the greatest thing, this product, and we're going to sell it. And we struck up um, a professional friendship over Mm -hmm. the years where he would always contact me. And I always said, look, when you sell to a big company, I want to break the story. And he'd always call once in a while. We're getting close. We're talking to so-and-so. We've Mm -hmm. got so-and-so. But nothing was ever quite closing.
0: So what happens after that?
2: Well, the next year in 2014... They get the dream interest from a company called Wreck-It-Ben-Keyser, uh, which is also called RB. It is a major U.K. household goods conglomerate. Uh, they did about $16 billion in sales last year. I think their market cap on the FTSE is around $60 billion. They're, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know, what would you call them, like a Procter & Gamble or a Johnson & Johnson type company. They have they own Lysol and Mucinex and Airwick, Airwick and they also own... Durex condoms and KY, which they had acquired. Mm-hmm. So they hired a guy, a consultant in Europe named Stefan DePretri, who is who was a famous veteran acquisitions guy, because RB buys companies. Mm-hmm. So they said, look, we've got KY and Durex now. Why don't you go out and find something for us to buy to help boost the brand? Mm-hmm. And he did his research, and he found this product Promescent. He saw that it was the number one seller on Amazon. He he investigated the company. He tested it out. Mm-hmm. He became a huge believer in it and he said, I think I got the perfect thing for you. So he goes to RB and then with all this information and so that's when RB contacts Jeff Abraham about possibly doing a deal.
0: Okay. So they start they, they become they begin discussions.
2: They begin. And Jeff Abraham, at one point, flies to New York to meet the head of RB's sexual wellness uh, division, a guy named Volker Seidow, uh, to have their first face-to-face meeting. And Abraham told us it was the sort of meeting you dream about.
1: It was one of those meetings that if you have a company for sale, you dream about. The, he was immediately impressed. And... Uh, At the end of that meeting, the first day, he literally shook my hand and pulled me close to him and said, we're gonna get this done in 30 days. We're gonna acquire you in the next 30 days. And he actually named the project, Project Speedy.
2: So they wanted to test the product. And so Jeff gave them a bunch of Promescent for their top executives, allegedly. Mm -hmm. And he ends up getting an email back from this Volker Saito at RB in all caps saying, It works great. This is fantastic. And so he thinks, well, you know, money's coming in pretty soon. We're going to get this deal done. RB had a couple of concerns. They wanted to know how big the market was. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know if the product worked. Well, he thinks after he got the all caps email saying it really works. They think it's great. It's fantastic. Okay, Mm -hmm. we've solved that problem. Then came the issue of how big is the market? Well, to prove to them that it was big mm-hmm. and they wanted to know profit margins, they wanted to know how the how Promescent was formulated, they signed, according to him, non-disclosure agreements and began, opened the Kimono saying business. Jeff Abraham claims he showed them profit margins. He showed them the formulation for Promescent. And most importantly, he showed them market research, who was buying the products And how often they were rebuying the products. Because if you have customer retention, that shows that the product was working and popular. So he claims, he shows all this information for them. Then they keep wanting more. There are more Mm. questions. Suddenly they wanted 15 kilos of promescent, according to Jeff Abraham.
0: That's 33 pounds.
2: I I don't know. I think of cocaine. It's like a scar face.
0: Yeah. It's great. It's a pound of... It's, it's, it's a, lot it's of a pile of promessant, that's for sure.
2: Uh, for testing uh, through uh, their consultant, Stefan DePretri. And then RB still came back. I mean, this went on over months. And then RB, according to Jeff, came back and said, um, we're going to do our own survey to see how big this market is. Mm. And he said, fine, you know, can I see the results of the survey? And he says they told him yes. They did a survey, allegedly. They came back to him and they said, you know what? We think, according to him, we think this market's only worth around $20 million. We're going to take a pass. He said, $20 million? You've got to be kidding me. Can I see the results of the survey? Mm. And he said he was told no. And that he said, hey, we had an agreement. And that they said, no, you're not going to see it. And never saw it. They didn't quite close the door. So now we're into 2015. Things are kind of still dragging into 2016. Originally, mm. according to Abraham, they were first talking about a deal where they would pay him $20 million and a 6% royalty to acquire the company and the product. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they talked about how there was an agreement on the desk of the global CEO in London, Rakesh Kapoor. Not just some CEO of mm-hmm. US sales, but on the top dog for the entire company. Uh, this is what he says he was told. They say they have emails that, that can prove this. But Jeff Abraham became so suspicious that he finally asked someone at RB, are you getting ready to knock me off? And he was said he was told no, 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 we don't make products, we buy products.
0: Wait, knock me off? I thought you meant, like, murder him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I know, I realize, yes, this is American Greed in the yeah, show you were course. Yes, exactly.
0: But you mean knock off his products.
2: Knock off the pride. He went to them, he said, are you going to knock off Promescent? Whoa. And they said, no, we don't do that. We We don't make products, we buy products.
0: Trust but verify.
2: Yes. So... Then came the fall of 2016. Mm -hmm. He had gotten wind here or there that there was something in the works, and it was making him nuts. I would occasionally get a phone call or an Mm -hmm. email like, you won't believe what's going on, sort of a preview of what was to come. One night in the fall of 2016, Jeff Abraham and a date go to see the Pet Shop Boys in concert in Las Vegas, where he was now living at this point.
0: Pet Shop Boys of West End Girls opportunities?
2: Absolutely. He was now living in Nevada. He'd relocated the company there, maybe for tax reasons. Also, he said he wanted to get out of Southern California because he, everywhere he went, he was reminded of his murdered friend. Yeah. So they go to the Pet Shop Boys concert in a venue, and they come walking out on the strip afterwards. And across the street is a huge electronic billboard like they have on the strip mm. with you know different ads or things sure. that go by. And the ad on this billboard says, last longer than a Vegas marriage. (laughs) So it's very catchy. Sure. And his girlfriend looks at it or his date looks at it and she sees that it's a spray and it has something to do with the bedroom and P.E. And she says, hey, I think that's your product. Whoa. And so he looks up and in his own hometown, it is not promescent. It is a new ad for this product called Duration mm. by KY, which is made by RB, a lidocaine-based spray to treat premature ejaculation.
0: That sounds familiar.
2: It sounds very familiar. Yeah. He looks up and he told us he felt sick. He thought he was going to vomit mm. because his worst fears had come true.
0: He felt he was still negotiating in good faith.
2: He felt the door had not been shut completely. He was afraid they were knocking off his product. And he was concerned that the non-disclosure agreements, he says that they both agreed to, were not being honored. And he felt here was proof in the biggest way possible that they had brought a competing product onto the market, into his market, after for years yeah. talking to him and he had told them everything.
0: Trade secrets.
2: That's the key to this case. Mm. When is a secret a secret. A trade secret, legally speaking, is something that um, you know, your company knows mm-hmm. that the public does not know and could not find out. Now, often in these negotiations, you reveal trade secrets because you've signed non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. When a company rips you off, allegedly, and steals your trade secrets... You have to prove that it was actually a secret. In other words, that you didn't have a salesman—a salesman—blab somewhere yeah. about your secrets. <laughs> you had to prove that you took reasonable measures to protect your trade secrets. Jeff Abraham insists that he did. What's interesting is then when they launched Duration by KY that fall of 2016, mm-hmm. according to Ad Age, it was the largest uh, ad launch by that RB had ever done since purchasing KY from Johnson & Johnson. It was a massive—they did billboards, Mm -hmm. there were stories, there were ads, which seems an awful lot of money for a market that you only think is worth $20 million. Mm
0: -hmm. So he's now— out of luck, uh, you know, out of millions, out of what? I mean, he's, he's hurting.
2: Uh, you're about to find out what kind of person Jeff Abraham is. He does not go down without a fight. He's done it before. And in this case, he even implicates two of the largest companies in America. So he decided to sue.
0: And sue he did. And Jane, it's important to note that you've tried multiple times to get R.B. on the record for an interview, uh, but they've declined. And the company also denies Jeff Abraham's claims. And coming up in the next episode, we're talking about a $150 million lawsuit and the keys to a billion-dollar secret to great sex.
1: Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC.
3: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you